Hi everybody and welcome to the Payment Genes podcast series Voices in Payments. Today I'm joined by Wilco Slabkorn and Wilco is the VP International Sales from Afterpay. Afterpay is the buy now pay later solution from Avato Bertelsmann and with Wilco we'll talk all about the rise of buy now pay later solution and the developments in this industry. Ilko, a very warm welcome to the show. Thank you very much, uh, Diederik. I'm uh, looking forward to, to this conversation. So am I, so am I. And Ilko, to start the conversation like I always do, uh, I'm always interested to learn how people get involved in payments. Nobody woke up one day and said, I'm going to be a payment expert. How did you stumble into payments? Yeah, so I started in, uh, in IT business and then uh, had a short um, let's say, interim period in, in, in real estate. And then after that, I thought e-commerce is a very interesting industry. And what is then a super important component of that specific industry? That's that's payments. And, and then I started to be really interested in that global picture of the payments industry. And uh, now we're almost one and a half decades later. <laughs> And what were then the first touch points that you had working in the payment industry and, and what took you by surprise? Um, yes, yeah, so I, I started uh, a long time ago at a company called Experian, where we were very much focused on everything which was related to credit risk uh, in an online environment. And what me, what took me by surprise is the actually the the importance at that time already for, for, for payments, but also the growth in terms of all different kinds of payment types and also the importance of, of payments when you look at uh, international way of working and borderless business. I think that is the most important thing. A lot of, uh, a lot of payments companies are super internationally focused. Yes, exactly. And of course, you talked about development and international focus, two things that have been highly impacted. Of course, I think as well the developments offer or pave the way for buy now, pay later solutions. What are some of the developments in that area that you've seen over the last months? So in the past seven months, obviously, we've seen a dramatic change. First, a lot of countries went into lockdown, so people couldn't go in store and started to buy a lot of a lot of stuff, services, products, etc. online. Uh, groceries is obviously uh, very prevalent, but also medical products, children, toys, cleaning, food and beverage, etc. Now, if you look at that enormous shift, uh, we've also seen an enormous pickup in the buy now, pay later concept and the payment types on a global level. So you see a lot of strong players in the US, in Europe, as well as in Asia. And that concept is also because uh, young people, but also uh, people who want to control their cash flow more, uh, are, are more appealed to a buy now, pay later concept than, uh, than for example, paying with a credit card. And um, also the installment uh, concept, uh, which comes with buy now, pay later, is also very interesting to, for example, buy furniture or a bit more expensive product where you can uh, more or less spread your payments. So very interesting, also new consumer groups, which we touched on on behalf of our consumers. I think very, very interesting. If you then look at uh, all these different categories or sectors where we've seen that huge increase, then um, you see that, um, yeah, especially that buy now, pay later 
a payment product has been growing enormously in in the checkout. So uh, yeah, for us, very interesting times, and also very interesting times ahead, right? Because uh, yeah. yeah, we're still we're probably still in this uh, in this situation for uh, yeah for the foreseeable future. And perhaps to clarify for the audience, there's a difference between buy now, pay later and payment in installments. However, they are very complementary to each other. Do you feel that there is a future for a solitary buy now, pay later solution or a payment in installments? Or do you think they should, going forward, always be used in collaboration with each other? Um, That's an interesting question because... Uh, around installments, there's a lot of, uh, in general, there's a lot of legislation uh, mm-hmm. around buy now, pay later. But it's also, a lot more complicated than that. Yeah, exactly. And in the in- installments, also is a very, very, uh, very complex concept as such. So a lot of large players uh, combine the two, and you see also all different kinds of initiatives popping up. Uh, locally uh, or or more regionally. So one of my former colleagues uh, has a very interesting concept now, uh, which he started in in Asia, Hula, which is a very interesting concept also in in installments and now also in store. You see a lot of new initiatives from from Australia and New Zealand popping in. Obviously, we are a very large player in Europe, together with with some yep. others, Klarna and some other players in the in the market. Uh, and it depends a little bit on on also the size and also the willingness for these companies to uh, go into these also complex, uh, let's say, legislation processes. So it depends a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned, of course, the development that a lot of merchants had to shift their uh, uh, um, brick and mortar presence to online. Um, of course, for consumers, uh, it also has some consequences, not being able to go to the high streets, but buying online. Did we as well see a shift in what people are buying online versus what they normally buy? Yeah, it's an it's an interesting question. So we have a, an insights team at uh, at Arvato, so the the Afterpay Insights team, uh, and that team is 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 more or less surveying uh, a lot of consumers of our uh, customers basically, and what you see happening is that people are now already preparing for their holiday season, right? So they expect uh, to buy a lot online, first of all, but it's also all in the area of comfort clothing and everything which is related to comfort at home, whether that's with yourself or whether that's a comfort clothing or whether that is related to a lot of other stuff. And if you then look at the holiday season, which yeah, normally starts uh, fairly early also, we see now that uh, a lot of consumers we, uh, we, we surveyed uh, think that, for example, around Black Friday, uh, there will be a very interesting uh, deal to make for, for their Christmas shopping, etc. And if you look at um, the impact of not being able to buy your Christmas shopping or your dresses or your suits or whatever in store anymore, imagine what that will uh, have impact on, on on the supply chain, right? And all these websites with all their logistics, distribution, etc. So I'm I'm very interested to see how that will evolve in the next weeks, months. Yeah, exactly. And I can also imagine that there's a massive rise in sweatpants being ordered and nice crisp shirts so that people can still look the part when they're in their Zoom or Hangout or Skype meeting. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure about that, you know. And, <laughs> and the, and the interesting area is also when, when you look at 
Um, and that is also blended into your, your previous question, what, what we've seen in the past seven months. Uh, there are also companies who didn't really have an online strategy yet, right? If you look at certain retailers, traditional retailers or, or fast fashion mass retailers, a great example is Primark in that perspective. They didn't really have an online strategy. And in the past uh, months, early in the COVID situation, when they had to shut down all of their stores in most of the markets where they are active, they really didn't have any turnover. They didn't have an online online strategy. And what you see happening uh, in, in a lot of uh, companies now, in, in retail specifically, is that they put a lot of effort in their in their e-com channels. If you look at the large uh, chains, the, 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 the Zara's, the H&M's, et cetera, they close down their physical stores or a lot of physical stores and they invest a lot in their e-com channels. Yeah, and, and what are some of the questions that these more traditional brick and mortar stores should be asking their payment partners, whether it being a PSP or an alternative payment method, uh, when they're thinking about shifting their uh, in-store presence to online? Yeah, it's important, first of all, to to uh, know your consumer group, right? You, so the consumer profile, the social demographical profile of your consumer. So you need to understand per market, per country, basically, how people want to pay. What's the most prevalent payment type in the market? And then you need to uh, yeah, discuss a strategy with your, with your payment service provider, uh, which... Uh, which payment type next to your credit cards and your PayPal, etc., uh, is then important for your specific uh, for your specific consumer group. I think that is very important, and there are a lot of very good reports available. We all, we also have a lot of information available which we share with our customers around what are prevalent payment types per market per per consumer group so mm -hmm. i think uh, and that's also through afterpay insights yeah exactly so the insights.afterpay.nl uh, there's a lot of information available but a lot of payment service providers have a very good view on what is uh, what is important per market when it comes to the payment types and buy now pay later as such or the installments concept is becoming more and more important. Yeah, and of course, the usage of payment methods has always varied from region to region. You as VP International Sales, what are some of the differences that you see within your portfolio, ranging from country to country? Yeah, you know, obviously we have the credit card schemes which are there already for a long, long time, and they have been for decades going through all of their organization on international level. When you are an alternative payment methods provider, uh, then there are only a, a few uh, with a very global footprint. I'm talking PayPal, I'm talking a few others in that area. Um, so I think that uh, some very strong players now in the alternative payment methods environment are also growing more, uh, 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 yeah, let's say global. Klarna is a great example of that. We are growing. Uh, internationally a lot. We see some others popping up. Uh, but it's also, you know, you, you need to have, uh, I would say, um, you need to be very determined and also focused uh, to, to provide your customers also with that international reach. And that is, um, that costs a lot of investment. There's a lot of legal work around it to discuss with the local financial authorities, etc. But it's very exciting time. 
And I think, uh, and that's probably also something you see in the market, there's also a lot of consolidation going on. <laughs> that was exactly where I was aiming at. Of course, and the reasons you mentioned are as well reasons for companies to want to collaborate or want to acquire or merge. Um, at the moment, there are a few uh, very strong players in the field. Uh, do you think that there's still room for a new entrance? Or do you think that the current large companies that are uh, offering these services will fight it out and, and only one can end up on top or perhaps multiple? What are your thoughts on that? And there, there will always be new initiatives, that's for sure. Um, uh, Recently, a few days ago, there was the announcement that former Agen people are now starting up a new piece. Also, uh, uh, also to more or less introduce a new flexible way of payment orchestration. You see a lot of these types of very, very interesting, fast-growing companies who create flexibility and agility, and also help their uh, merchants with with uh, the optimum situation between cost, risk, and performance. So I think that is something we will see in the, in the, in the coming years. That, that, that will, uh, there will be a lot of innovation in that area. But when you specifically look at the payment types and also the large PSPs or the large acquirers, I think uh, volume and also size will be uh, very important in order to also provide services for very large global companies. And uh, that's what I've learned in, 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 my, in my past career also with, uh, with WorldPay, for example. Uh, if you want to do business with very large organizations, you need to also have scale and, 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 and trust, etc. So I, I think that we will see uh, quite some consolidation in Europe with some European players who will potentially merge to very large uh, European dominant players. And, and, and we also see, and that's the interesting area where, where we are currently in when it comes to buy now, pay later, a lot of collaborations between uh, those buy now, pay later companies and, and traditional banks, right? Um, so uh, you see more and more of these collaborations whereby uh, buy now, pay later companies want to also provide banking services, for example. So a, a lot of innovation, a lot of collaborations, strategic partnerships, etc., coming our way. Yeah, and then once again, touching shortly about the upcoming months. Um, of course, a lot will change. A lot less traffic in store, but a lot more online. Of course, that will pose some logistical challenges as well. Do you see that merchants are now taking a different approach to preparing for the coming months? Or do you see that's pretty much the same as they've, they've always done? Uh, I, I think that um, if merchants, especially in retail, would have a crystal ball that would, uh, ball that would help them uh, a lot with their, with their preparation, I think it will be very difficult to understand when exactly people are going to buy their Christmas shopping, etc. So um, we, we've seen already preparations with, with a lot of our customers um, very early uh, in, in summer in order to, to prepare and also anticipate and, and look at data. That's also why we've done this, this, this insights project whereby we try to uh, project and anticipate uh, what is coming uh, for for uh, for those merchants, for those retailers? I think that is super important to anticipate already super early. Have the right payment mix, uh, have the right products uh, in in stock, also to understand uh, what sort of uh, 
promotions you need to do in order to uh, be relevant still, you know? And uh, I, th I think, yeah, the, the process for our customers started very early uh, this year already. Yeah, exactly. And of course, now that we know that there's a huge spike coming and we're pretty much confident that the logistical parties cannot deliver uh, all the, the, the packages in time, that it also makes sense perhaps to spread it out a bit more evenly to perhaps start with some of the deals already a bit sooner um, so that you can yeah, f flatten the curve. In, uh, of course, we've used that in different contexts, but as well for this to, to relieve some of the stress on the logistical partners. Yeah, so um, so we think that uh, also based on that uh, on that insights uh, project uh, we we do um, we see that more and more consumers just want to buy early because of the fact that they want to make sure that they have everything in house before all that holiday stuff starts, right? And they understand also that all these logistical companies struggle with the bringing bringing products or services on time. So I think. Uh, the 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 red race for first of all consumers and also what they buy and when they buy has, has started very early this year and uh, I, I think that there will be um, uh, a lot of challenges in the entire e-commerce uh, value chain because of the fact that imagine that uh, normally you would walk uh, through a high street buy your stuff in one or two or three or four days whatever mm -hmm. now now most of that will be done online yep. imagine what that will have in terms of impact yeah? yeah exactly and in terms of impact of course two of the main advantages that buy now pay later solutions offer is on the one hand you can see feel try out the goods before you actually have to buy them and the second one is cash management system. Perhaps this month is a bit tight and yeah, you know that salary is coming in quite quickly. So you want to spread out the load there. Um, but that also has the potential to offer yeah, serious challenges for people if uh, they lose their employment. And of course, uh, employment is uh, more uncertain in these difficult times. And how do you deal with those challenges as Afterpay, as a buy now pay later solution? Yeah, you know, you know that that's actually fairly uh, fairly simple uh, because we 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 talk a lot with our merchants in order to understand what sort of consumers they also uh, would like to uh, provide these payment services to, and that means basically we we do a lot of uh, credit checks and control on on consumers to see uh, whether whether people uh, uh, indeed. Um, can use those types of products, uh, and and therefore it's a continuous process between uh, the merchant and us, and also consumers in order to to create that optimal situation. So uh, next to that, within our group of companies where we're part of, so that's the Avato Bergsman Group, we have a lot of knowledge on everything which is related to uh, collection and and dunning processes, etc. And we can uh, we strive that uh, consumers are in very good hands with us. Um, and that also means that, uh, yeah, that we try to provide the best possible buy, uh, buy now, pay later service together with our merchants for their consumers. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's, it's of course very important that you only provide credit to those who can actually handle it because it's easy to run into trouble there. And of course the collection part of Arvato Bertelsmann uh, together with Afterpay is a very strong combination in that fact. Yeah, that's, uh, that's indeed. Uh, and that's also why a lot of larger international companies now move to us. You know, they started with, with other buy now, pay later companies. They've ran into 
uncertainty or maybe a, a lot of consumer groups uh, which were not uh, enormously credible, for example. We, we have different processes. We're also not really into um, this business for to, to acquire consumers or something like that. We're there for merchants. We help merchants grow uh, and, and therefore provide these types of services, but, but not with the end goal to uh, acquire consumer data or have access to these consumers to up and cross sell banking services or whatever credit cards. That's not the way we uh, we do our business, right? So we, uh, we we are a bit of a different animal in that perspective. Yes, and trust is a very important aspect there. Of course, if I'm a consumer and using a buy now pay later solution on a website, and I run into trouble, then it it doesn't only look bad on the buy now pay later solution, but also on the website for which I'm shopping. So yeah, there's you have a huge potential loss there as well. True, 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 true. And therefore, um, I think uh, also when you look at um, uh, the, 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 the way we present these types of payment types, then that's a very thorough test together with, uh, with, with our merchants, how to position it, how to also give information around uh, the buy now, pay later concept or the installments, etc. But again, and that's where we start this conversation, it's extremely popular, it's fast growing, yeah, it's growing also in line, of course, with the enormous acceleration and, and explosion in e-commerce uh, transactions or, or purchases. So for us, um, it will be a very exciting time uh, in, the, in the course of the next weeks, months, maybe years even. <laughs> so not a lot of sleep for you in the coming weeks. <laughs> Don't know about that. Do you see as well that a lot more merchants yeah. are approaching you in the preparations for the months to come? Or is it still pretty much the same as it's always been? Um, so merchants who, who uh, already had uh, buy now pay later services uh, with us, for example, are, are uh, yeah, of course, um, uh, fastly growing the, the the number of transactions. So that means basically they need additional support and advice. That's one. And two, uh, companies who currently lack a buy now pay later solution in their checkouts are urgently trying to include it. So that means basically that there's also a lot of um, a lot of uh, merchants in 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 our in our let's say ecosystem who want to go live very fast with the new buy now pay later solution. Therefore, for us, it's very good that we have this uh, network of strategic partners. So a lot of PSPs where we closely work with, where we have. Uh, connections to who then can give those merchants access to to our payment types and i think that is super important so uh, we have a very good uh, relationships with Adyen, with bakuru with, with complete top with a lot of these psps in order to also uh, ha have the connectivity right in order to uh, to to provide those yeah, services exactly. also swiftly merchants yeah. yeah and of course for the smaller merchants it's a lot of hassle to integrate with all the different payment methods that are out there but more specifically for the well-established brands that are, have a lot of traffic then it makes more sense to integrate directly with a buy and later solution like like afterpay yeah yeah so there there are quite some uh, some players who want to uh, uh who want to integrate directly on on our platforms and um, and then obviously you need to uh, uh, yeah, you need to project plan that and make sure that uh, that the integration uh, has has been dealt with then on a direct basis without uh, without a PSP in between. But uh, yeah, th those projects are obviously a longer term, so 
if a merchant would come to us without uh, actually a buy now pay later and they want to go direct and they need to have obviously the resources yeah. available etc in order to build that in yeah? and then looking at the current situation we are in of course COVID had greatly affects what's happening online but as well in our daily lives daily routines work-wise it, it has a lot of impact uh, for instance i know that you traveled a lot for work um how do you currently structure a day and how is that different from from a few uh, seven eight months ago yeah, uh, if you look at uh, six, seven months ago compared to today, then for me personally, a lot has changed. Uh, so I was indeed traveling four, five days a week uh, internationally, and now I'm 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 uh, already from March on working from home. That means that you need to uh, first of all, uh, yeah, uh, coach and manage your team in a different way, and my team is uh, yeah. Oh, all over Europe, basically. So that requires a different way of leadership. That's one. Two, uh, I think it's very important to also um, spend a lot of time and attention on, on your merchants. So, yeah, continuously also give them attention and try to also um, give them give them access to your calendar, basically, because it's fairly easy to uh, be uh, from early in the morning until end of end of the day in all different kinds of video conferences, but it's also important to allocate your time different and also create some room for uh, for some ad hoc conversations or some time you spend on your merchants uh, just on a personal level, right? So I think that is super important to blend in into your day that you also uh, have time to reach out to to your your network and make sure that. Yeah, you 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 spend some attention on on those guys because otherwise, before you know, you're uh, you're you're only producing uh, and and going from video conference to video conference without really making having a uh, personal touch. Attention. Yeah, we had exactly the same thing at payment teams. Of course, had recruitment and consultancy services were yeah, not on the top priority list of our clients back in March when, when COVID hit. Uh, so then uh, we still wanted to have the touch points with our clients. Um, and yeah, how do you do that? We don't want to call and say, hey, listen, do you have any uh, positions for me to fill? But yeah, in that sense, we took a different approach and, and we really wanted to, to share the expertise that we have, for instance, with regards to interviewing people through digital channels, um, but as well, just giving them updates of what's happening in the industry, uh, how to best uh, make use of the possibilities that are there. And having those touch points without actually trying to sell something, I think yeah, that, that has worked really well for us. Yeah, sure. And and I think, um, you know, also in these times, um, it's not always about uh, trying to only sell your products, right? Uh, we know that a lot of our merchants and, and, and partners uh, have, have quite some serious challenges with, with, with these times. And I think that um, sometimes just normal attention or indeed those insights or the information we provide or, or sometimes just connecting people to each other uh, is, is, is building more long-term strategic partnerships and relationships than just uh, very, very one-dimensionally trying to sell something to them, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the key, the key takeaways for me is that you can have a lot more points of contact um, where you're not actively trying to sell, but just remaining the, the relationship, uh, keeping in touch. Um, and yeah, that we should that more often. It's not, not only in person, but as well on the phone. Uh, just yeah, give each other a call and then check in.
Yeah, yeah, but 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 on the other hand, and also very interesting uh, to see in the in in the future, you know, um, the 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 let's say the travel plans that I had, and if I now think about how the future will look, uh, then probably all internal international meetings, yeah, most of them I will probably do as 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 of as today, like so so the. So I will go to our offices, obviously, but I will probably limit my travel to uh, to maybe going to merchants once in a while, going to to our uh, offices. But but I think that the the way people will work uh, is is obviously far more working from home. I think offices will change in terms of setup, and I think also uh, in in the way people will. Will, will travel on an international level. I think that will uh, dramatically change. So also the way you communicate with your uh, with your customers will, will dramatically change. Um, and, and the same goes for for a lot of very large uh, fashion retailers, companies trading uh, in 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 ecom. Um, we haven't touched, of course, on on travel airlines, etc. That's also not. Uh, those those sectors were not in uh, if, from from an AF perspective, um, but uh, b- but those types of, of of sectors have been of course hit extremely hard, you know. So you see a lot of changes also in the mobility uh, area. We will uh, release a mobility blog in the very near future because we. We, we are also very active with the Avato business in everything which is related to sharing concepts and mobility, parking, etc. So uh, in the near future, we will uh, also launch this mobility blog and uh, and do quite a lot on all these different kinds of e-events, you know. Uh, and I think that that's also super important to, yeah, together with your 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 network, your your ecosystem. Um, invent new ways of communication, meetings, uh, uh, tr- uh, the way you trade with, with each other. Think about how consumers want to to, to buy pr- products and services. I think that's very important. Yeah, exactly. And you need to hit nail on the head there. Uh, but of course, there's a lot of changes hey, in the e-commerce landscape that that will as well stay post-COVID and of course people are now being forced to shop online and and find out about the great convenience that it can provide that um, in my eyes will not automatically switch back to uh, buying in store when uh, when the possibility is there again so I think we will see a lot of these developments uh, have a very long-lasting effect in in the industry yeah I think I think um, the uh, let's say the digital acceleration in the past seven eight months has been going so extremely fast. Normally, that would probably take five years or something, you know. And and the the consumers, also the the bit elderly people and the people, uh, m- maybe the baby booming uh, uh, target group. I think those those type of people, those type of persons, have really uh, got to learn the way they they could also. Um, uh, buy services or products online, indeed, and I think they won't shift back. Uh, that won't uh, that and that growth online, and you see you see all different kinds of very large organizations also um, investing a lot in their in their online channels. That will remain. That will grow aggressively. It's um, 
um, uh, yeah, that, that's just there to stay, basically. Yes, and, and statistically, it's been predominantly female that, that have been doing the online shopping. But as well, I think now most of the, the men that are sitting at home uh, discovering the ease of, uh, of online shopping will definitely keep doing that in the, in the years to come. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so you see all different kinds of uh, growth in, in, in different areas, whether that's gender or age, etc. But yeah, let, let, let's be honest, people now, uh, yeah, they just get used to buying online with also the ease of, 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 of how that how that service uh, is being delivered to to their doorstep. I think that that will that will stay and they will grow aggressively. And also, the the younger generation is already used to it, right? They 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 they, they continuously uh, scroll on their phones and look for all different. They they're used to it already. So, I think most of the companies we also talk to are aggressively rolling out all different kinds of omnichannel type of strategies because they really want to make sure that now that online presence is also in a similar way uh, as they have their stores and the stores which will yeah, one user experience throughout yeah, exactly and that will be more and more and more important in the in the foreseeable future so we see a lot of companies in our ecosystem either in cosmetics or in fashion or in in, in other uh, uh, do-it-yourself or sports whereby there's a lot of focus on uh, on omnichannel yeah and with those different segments do you see a difference in what kind of products people are buying online uh, with buy now pay later solution are there different product categories that are that really surprise you with the rise of, of buy now pay later as a payment method uh, not necessarily uh, that we saw uh, different uh, product groups uh, uh, where by now pay later was more prevalent or something, but we just saw an enormous increase also because of the fact that I think uh, people uh, were not able to go to restaurants or bars. This just had more spending power at that time, but wanted also to control their spending a little bit more, I think. Uh, so so it's, it's a combination of factors. Uh, we, we've also seen a lot of people uh, buying um, uh, all of all uh, all different kinds of products because they had to stay at home, right? And now in the, in the Netherlands, but also in, in countries around us, uh, yeah, we potentially look at semi lockdowns or lockdowns again. And then, yeah, uh, if you have your your children around you, you or your parents or whatever you want to work out, you, there, there are so many products. Or, or, or services you want to... Yeah, a desk, a decent chair to work on, an additional monitor, uh, all those things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, uh, but, but also very simple things like uh, cleaning, uh, cleaning materials or, uh, or a food and beverage, right? Or, uh, or medical uh, uh, stuff. So we've seen also a lot of, uh, a lot of our merchants in more in the pharmaceutical area or the, or the area of... Uh, of, of, of cosmetics, specifically pharmacy, etc., where, where they where they see a huge spike because people wanted, yeah, they 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 just wanted to have all those types of products, but then couldn't go to the to to their stores, right? So, um, very important area, also. Yes, and and then looking at some sectors that perhaps are not that suitable to to buy now pay later. Of course, we shortly touched upon travel. Um, do you think there are other product groups that that are becoming more now available to or more logical for buy now pay later solutions or do you think that the sectors that we're currently in that's where our key focus should be uh, so so what we what we do uh, also a lot is um we do a lot of monthly invoicing type of 
um, services. So then we combine all different kinds of purchases or or, or different uh, activities, and then we combine it that in one monthly invoice. So you see that, especially mobility is very interesting in that area where buy now pay late. As such, is, uh, is so that's more uh, collecting all different kinds of purchases or services into one invoice. That's important. So mobility is one. Clearly, um, what what do we see else? Um, so we see, uh, uh, yeah, as we already stated, uh, also some subscription type of models where we where we collaborate a lot with uh, with with large companies, either in the in the, in the media industry or in, in, in television type of, uh, of services, movie uh, type of uh, organizations, etc. So more and more of these types of subscription services are also those types of things. Yeah, and, and those developments are, of course, very interesting. But then, then looking ahead in, in the years to come, uh, of course, there's a lot of uncertainty. But do you feel comfortable enough in saying, okay, these are some of the developments that, that we will see, or do you mind hazarding a guess? It's very uncertain, you know, because um, um, yeah, what what we currently look at also with with all different kinds of experts uh, in our area of business, but also in in, in all different kinds of other areas, is um, what obviously will happen per country because it, COVID. It, will be approached in all different kinds of countries in different ways with lockdowns and with all different kinds of regulations. And I think, um, I, I think that for the foreseeable future, I don't know how long this will take, but uh, I think the way people uh, interact will, will, will be heavily impact for, 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 for the next one or two years. And what, what that will mean for economies, for, 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 financial situations for consumers and what sort of consumer groups will be impacted most, uh, what that will mean for uh, employment. I, I, you know, I have an idea around that, of course. I, I, think, we're, 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 I think we're heading towards uh, economic uh, dif- difficult times. Um, and, um, but, 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 you know, the, the interesting thing is that doesn't necessarily hit the e-commerce industry. I think uh, we will, of course, see a decline in a lot of uh, econo- economic parts in in the in, in countries for sure. So in store is very important. But I think, and, and people will probably not buy very expensive new cars, and so the automotive industry will be highly impacted in a lot of other areas. But I think fashion and, and, and consumer goods as such will be uh, will be bought online uh, a lot. So I think in our industry, uh, and especially then also the, the payments part, we will see uh, significant growth in the foreseeable future. But yeah, what, what will happen around COVID? Um, yeah, that's of course a very difficult question. I, I don't think even prime ministers per country have a very clear view on that, right? Yeah, exactly. And indeed, people will continue to buy things online, um, and that will definitely not change. And I think for that, buy now, pay later, Pen provides them with the tools to control their spending a bit more accurately. So in that sense, I think more spending, uh, huge market potential for buy now, pay later. Challenging times are ahead. Interesting times. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree with you, and and also that. Um, 
that buy now, pay later concept is uh, more or less an extension of the customer journey because you, you can keep uh, in control with your consumers uh, via an app or via a message, uh, via email with all different kinds of product images, hero images, um, which you can share with your consumers post-purchase, which is different than if you use, for example, a credit card or when you use uh, other payment products. So the the marketing component uh, within Buy Now, Pay Later um, to continuously try to uh, improve and increase loyalty, that is, uh, that is one of the most important aspects of that Buy Now, Pay Later concept. So I think overall, if we if we summarize yeah, the, the the past uh, the, the the past conversation we we just had, I think we're in a very interesting uh, uh, area of, of of payments and specifically e-commerce. We see that there's a lot of uh, consolidation and also uh, borderless business, uh, w which we uh, are heading towards. Uh, and yeah, again, for us, we're in a very, very interesting position as uh, as Afterpay from from Arvata Bertelsmann, uh, due to the fact that we have already decades of uh, of experience in this in this field, uh, and uh, also all insights and and experience and knowledge we we also share with our merchants, uh, hopefully will will help uh, our entire ecosystem to uh, to also manage the uncertainty in the near future. Well, I couldn't have said it better. I think that's a great summary of what we discussed, Wilco. Uh, and I want to thank you uh, very much for, for taking the time to, to be with me on this podcast. Uh, and I'm looking forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you very much and uh, have a nice day. The Voices in Payments podcast is an initiative launched by Payment Genes, aimed at positively impacting the payments community by educating and connecting the market with vertical-specific industry expertise. We as Payment Genes empower the industry by focusing on the fundaments for business growth. We achieve this by providing industry-leading payments recruitment, business and data strategy consulting services. Check out paymentgenes.com for more info and please follow us on social media for more jobs, company updates, industry insights and more.